Hello, boys and girls. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to another episode of The Tim Ferriss Show. If you hear some squeaking in the background, that's my puppy who is pleasure whining, chewing on a plush corn on the cob, it looks like. She's not going to perform for us, but that's okay because we have someone better. We have Jamie Foxx, the one and only, the multi-talented polymath of entertainment, (laughs) and you can hear the whining. That's how I feel on the inside because I'm so excited about this episode, and uh, this is a teaser. This particular episode is five minutes. You're going to get to hear a story about how he met P. Diddy and part of how he put together a $400 party to rival a million-dollar party that Puff Daddy put together. You have some beef with Cosby, impersonations, and some childhood stories of playing music at a Christmas party to overcome racial tension, among other things. We go everywhere with this. I don't want to spoil any surprises. There's a lot more coming in just a few days. Two and a half hours with Jamie Foxx covering everything, many stories no one has ever heard, and it was a blast. So here's a taste, a little morsel to whet your appetite for things to come. And please, if you enjoy this podcast... Do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes.com forward slash Tim Ferriss, two R's, two S's, so iTunes.com forward slash Tim Ferriss, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Uh, It really helps a lot with all sorts of things that we're trying to do over here and marshalling resources, so it really, really helps a lot if you subscribe, and also... Even if you listen to it on another platform or another app, just subscribe, please. And then second is, if you haven't left a review, uh, I would love an honest review. Just anything short is super helpful, and I do read these things. I do go through and read them. Uh, It's very meaningful to me, so I appreciate it. And that is it. So please enjoy this short teaser, and uh, in a few days, you will get the two-and-a-half-hour Wham Bam Thank You Van Dam version of the full interview. So as always... Thank you for listening. I would follow Puffy Combs around back in the day when it was just like Puff and J-Lo. And, uh, and back at that time, no one could get into his parties. But the reason he would let me in, because I would carry a camera with me everywhere I go. And uh, uh, so I couldn't get into all the parties because Puff was so big. Like, he come to L.A., we couldn't even get in our own clubs. Right. And so they was, he saw me with the camera. He's like, yo, let him through. And it was back in the day, it was like the big Canon camera with the light, and I had to change the battery. It wasn't like how today you just got your, your, you phone, know, your, your phone in your pocket. No, I had, I had production. <laughs> but uh, I would follow him around, and then one day we had this, this party in Philly that I, I recorded for him. And he said, yo, yo, money, you know how much this party costs? I said, what? He said, it costs a million dollars for this party. I said, you paid a million dollars for a party? He was like, yeah, that's how we... I told Puff, I challenged him. I said, I'll throw you a party at my house in L.A., which is way smaller than this situation, but I'll spend maybe $400 and it will rival this party. Not in the scale of it, but in the type of people that are there. And uh, he actually came to uh, L.A. a few weeks later and it was a Saturday. He said, yo, Playboy, make that shit happen. So he calls me like nine in the morning, right? I said, no problem. So I go into my cell phones. I text and said, I'm throwing a party for Puff. I said, listen, I'm, I'm Puff is coming. And the people that I text were only cool people. Like, no guys that'll be hating. I hit him at 12 noon. I said, yo, where you at? We're at a fevered pitch. It's going off over here in my little house. And when he gets there, his mind is blown. And he walked in. He says, oh, that's the girl from that show. And that's the girl on this. And I, I said, yeah, Puff, we, we all live out here. You know, so all the people you see in Hollywood, I, I know they're my friend. And so he's like, oh, shit. So the party's incredible. 
We're playing his music through my little sound speakers. Everybody's really toasting him. And, and everybody's in tune with him. And I explained to him, I said, Puff, let me explain to you. Look at the table. I only spent $400 on the table. There's Kentucky Fried Chicken. I just put it in a nice bowl. Uh, there's cola. I just put them in pitchers. So we party and Puff is partying. And there's a dude standing uh, next, uh, like on the wall. No one's talking to him. He got a little green jump jacket on. Guess who it was? It was Jay-Z. Nobody knew who he was. <laughs> Jay-Z. Kid. I said, yeah, I know that dude. Now, Cosby is back in. To do the Cosby impersonation is back in. There's definitely a Cosby joke somewhere. I don't know where, it, but I, I, I used to do Cosby. Because of the people and the jello pudding and the, and the filth and the flying and the farm, which Eddie Murphy did, but people didn't know, like, Cosby's real speaking voice is not like that. What's the speaking voice like? His speaking voice was different because I remember I got in trouble with Mr. Cosby because uh, he felt that the, 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 the movie Booty Call was not cool. And he said some things in the press about us. And I was like a young comedian, like, damn, man, I, I'm just trying to work, you know? But, but his speaking voice, when he was on the phone, well, see, the thing is, is that when you do something like Booty Call, what is a Booty Call? See, why are you calling the book? You know, whatever. But it was so, it wasn't the, it was because, you, and then you find out that that was your stick. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because and kid and the child and people and the far, but, you know. So I know that that will come up. I, I'll find a joke for, for Cosby that, uh, of course, is going to be a little, uh, people are going to be like, uh, but it's going to be funny as shit. So we go into this room, which looks like a bedroom, and I'm looking like, why the fuck does he have clothes hanging up in his bedroom but it was a walk-in closet i never seen no <laughs> shit like that i was like oh man we make a split level condo out of this shit so he gives me a brooks brothers jacket that had the patches on the elbows i'm like oh shit highfalutin so now i'm really playing you know what i'm getting but as i'm playing uh they were doing uh the grown-ups there were doing uh racially misunderstanding jokes i'll say it like that <laughs> And my grandmother taught me something at that time. She said, uh, when you're in a setting like that, uh, there's a word I want you to remember. It's called furniture. I said, what's that? She said, you're part of the furniture. So you don't comment on what's being said. You play. That's what you're there for. And you let these people enjoy their. And the lady of the house felt bad. She said, I just want to apologize to you for what they're saying. I said, no, no problem. She said, can you sing something for us? And I was like, Sure. I could sing some for us. And this was the song that I sung. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimo <laughs> everybody anyway but but here's it Reagan came later but Reagan came like in the 80s when I was actually like 21 and I was the first black guy doing the Reagan impersonation probably the only one so I would be uh, on stage doing my impersonations and going to Ronald Reagan people are like no it ain't no way well well as a matter of fact I uh well uh, Oh, no, there you go again. 